Hey, so it's been a little while since we've been uh, touching on our series that we've been, we started and then we had a bunch of things and Easter and then Peter last week. And, uh, but it's the series called What on Earth Am I Here For? And we started off by looking at the, the punchline is we're here because God wanted us to be here. He made us and he loves us and he created us for his pleasure. And then we're kicked on to these five things that are really, it's, we've been led a little by this, uh, this book called uh, The Purpose Driven Life, or recently renamed What on Earth Am I Here For? Um, and it talks about these five things that you see all through the Bible is, like, is all about what we are meant to be doing, what, why, we, why God made us. And, uh, and what his plans for us are and his purposes are for us. And we, we looked at, initially, the first one was that we're made to love God back. We're made to love God back. And the second one was that we are made to love others. To love others, to be together with others and to love others. And today we're going to be doing the third one. And um, the third one today we're talking about is that we're made to grow up, to grow up. Growing up is a funny expression, isn't it? You could say to your kids, so it's like, I'm just so glad that you're growing up. Or you could say, why don't you just grow up? <laughs> you ever said, felt like saying that to people? Why don't you just grow up? And um, what that means is that I'm looking at you and how old you are, and you should be living up here, but... Today, you kind of live down here, and you need to grow up. One of the things that John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard Movement, said and uh, often is this phrase, I want to grow up before I grow old. And sometimes, and when you're young, sometimes you think it's just automatic, but it's not automatic. Growing up is quite a lot different. It doesn't just happen automatically just because the days took over and the years took over. We've got to step into things and learn things and, in order to grow. There's a great verse in the, in the Scriptures in Ephesians that says this. Instead of speaking the truth in love, we'll grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We're meant to grow. We're meant to, we're meant to grow. You know, there was a guy... Um, uh, a few years, a couple of decades back now, a guy called Dan Kiley, he wrote a book called The Peter Pan Syndrome. And it was all about men who just refused to grow up emotionally. They just refused to grow up. And I was just like, having a look at this just in the last few days, and there's a little, one of the reviews said this about it. If you are dating a mummy's boy and he doesn't want to grow up, you need to read this book. Life is too short to put up with a man like that. The Peter Pan syndrome. But one of, the, one of the best things with this whole thing of growing up is that we've got a model. And our model is Jesus. And we're called to be like him. Listen to this, Romans 8, verse 29. This is from the Message Bible. I love this translation of the Bible. God knew what he was doing from the very beginning. He decided from the outset to shape the lives of those who love him along the same lines as the life of his son. The sun stands first in the line of humanity he restored. We see the original and intended shape of our lives there in him. Isn't that good? That's, 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 the, that's the call on our life. That's, that's the, the model that we have. That's the opportunity that we have. And so we look at ourselves and we think, like, so we're supposed to be like Jesus? It's like, 
Like, what does that mean? Uh, it seems like impossible. Like, what, does it mean that we have to walk on water? Does that mean that we have to grow a beard? I had an auntie that had a great beard. Um, but this is, this, is not what it's, this is not what it's about. It's about loving the things that he loves. It's about thinking the things that he thinks. It's about feeling the things that he feels. It's about having value for the things that he values, acting the way he wants us to act. So is, is this possible? It's easy, isn't it, to look at our lives and you just think, oh, you know, Jesus and me and my friend. You know, it, it's, it's easy to just think, oh, is this, is this possible? Well, this is what God is asking us to step into. And we don't have any special pill that you can take to all of a sudden make you like Jesus. Wouldn't that be nice? Is that, you know, if you come along to church for six months and then we'll hand you out a little package and um, you get a pill and all of a sudden it makes you mature. It doesn't work like that. What it does work like is a little bit like that phrase, how do you, or the, the question, how do you eat an elephant? Well, one bite at a time. And that's what this journey into maturity is. It's just one step at a time. And it's a process that we call discipleship. And for those of you that have been around church a while, that'll be a word you've heard. It's this process called discipleship, this, this process of learning to follow Jesus, learning to become like him. And in that book, The Purpose Driven Life, it talks about five things that are, it's sort of a helpful framework for hanging off how do we grow. It talks about worshipping, that whole thing about loving and getting to know God. It talks about fellowshipping, that whole thing about being together with others and learning to love other people. It talks about growing, which we're talking about today. And there is so much, if, if you read the script, our scriptures, which are our guide for, for, for life and for understanding God and knowing God and life and faith. It's, there's so much in there about this, and that's what we're going to look at today. Um, it talks about serving, being a servant. I just love that, you know, there's a, a, a bunch of guys, you know, popped down to our hub offices that needed a bit of work done yesterday on a Saturday morning. They just rolled their sleeves up and, and got stuck into it. I love that. And also talks about inviting others to know God as well. It talks about those five things. I know you could have your own list is we could have a list of 100 things. Um, but that's the, this process of discipleship. So today we're going to be talking about growing in maturity. And so much that uh, I could talk about, so much I'd love to talk about. But today I'm going to just talk about three opportunities that will come up in life that are opportunities for us to grow. I'd love to just pray before we, uh, before we keep going. Let's just pray together. God, we just welcome your presence here. We just welcome the work of your spirit, God, in us, that you'd speak to us, you'd open our hearts, that we would hear just maybe one thing that you have for us that is going to out, be our one step forward, be our one more bite of this elephant, which is called growing to be like you, Jesus. Just open our hearts to you, open our minds to you. I pray that you would make us a people that would more and more say yes to you. And I really do pray, God, for, for each one here, that on the back of today we would all 
be choosing to say, yes, I want to grow. I want to follow you more. Because that's, that's what we're, we're made for. That's the, that's the place where life all makes sense. Amen. All right. I'm going to put a scripture up here. Romans 8. From Romans 8. There we go. Okay, I'm going to... I want us all to read this together, okay? Okay, we ready? In some things... What are you laughing? Oh, I got it wrong. Yes, no, deliberate mistake. Wouldn't it be nice if it was just some things? Let's read it together, what it actually says. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In all things, the good... And the bad. The hard, the hurtful, the evil. God will work through those things for the good of those who love him. So if you say to God, I want to do things your way, then God will bring good out of things that are hard. He'll bring the good out of stupid decisions that we make. He'll bring good out of our mistakes, out of our failures, out of things that happen to us if we let him. It's a cool sound, though, you know, but it's, um, I was talking to them, the kids' um, leaders earlier today, and um, there's something about water, and uh, so your kids may come back a little damp, okay? But in all things, that no matter, you know, like if we do dumb things, or if, if we fail, or if we muck up, or things happen to us, if we let him, God will work good things through that. That's what the promise of the scripture, and that's an amazing promise. It's almost, it's almost, it sort of boggles the mind really, doesn't it? But it's, it's an amazing promise. And there's a very cool example of this when we, we read of the apostle Paul, when he was in prison, and in prison he was writing to the church in, in Corinth, in Second Corinthians, and he says this, therefore we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. What a cool thing. What a cool thing to be able to say that in our lives. Um, that even in the midst of tough times, inwardly, it just gets better and better. So three opportunities that we have to grow. Okay? Three opportunities. And they may not be what you expect. The first one is trouble. Trouble. God uses trouble to grow us up. Romans 5, verses 3 to 4. Again, Paul the Apostle is talking about this. He says, Troubles produce patience, and patience produces character, and character produces hope. Again, this might be surprising to you, but the goal in life is not comfort. The goal in life is growing up. Now, let me tell you a little bit about comfort. A couple of years ago, my family, a couple of my family, saw this like incredible couch in the shop, but it was like, it was like, yeah, and they came back, we've got to get this couch. I said, how much is it? And then they told me like, we're not getting that couch. <laughs> and, um, and then like about three or four weeks ago, Jacinda saw this couch on Trade Me, the exact one that we wanted. And the people were leaving the country, they were desperate to, uh, to get rid of it. And so... We bought this couch. Yeah, we were happy to help these people out that were leaving to go overseas. 
and take some stuff off their hands for a ridiculously cheap price. We're happy to help them out. But let me tell you about this couch. You plug this couch in. And it's got a little button on the side and the kind of and then you hear this noise and then the footrest comes out. And then the footrest goes out and the back goes back. I mean this is like so I know I know about comfort. So it's like it's like you've been to the gold class movies. It's kind of like that. The difference is that there's 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 no button where like I can press where my wife Jacinda will go and get me drinks and and food. So that. Uh, wow. Something good happened over there. No. I'll have to catch up on that later. That's, I don't know whether I'm in trouble or not. I think I'm in trouble. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, trouble. Trouble's okay. Yes, that's right. Yes. But I'll tell you this. I don't feel like life is at its best when I'm on the couch. I mean, I enjoy sitting there. But I feel like life is at its best when I'm coming along, alongside someone that's, that, needs, that needs help. I feel like life is at its best when, like the other day, when I'm helping one of my daughters change the brake pads on her car. I feel like life is at its best when I'm walking on the beach talking to God. I feel like life is at its best when um, I might be doing some like, work on my, on my house and you get to the end of the day and you're sore and you're tired, but it just feels, you know, life just feels like good. And it's like, and all of those things, that they're not my comfort zone. But on the back of them, I come away feeling like I've got a fat soul and like I'm living an abundant life. So life is, the goal of life is not about comfort. The goal of life is one of the, what we're talking, a goal in life that we're talking about today is that we grow. Is that we grow. And, and trouble is one of those places where... It's an opportunity to grow. So you, be, you may be having troubles, and I, like, I, know, I know a lot of you, and I know a lot of your circumstances, and some of those circumstances are tough, and some of them are real tough, real tough. And you may be asking, like, like why, why me? Some of the troubles that can come can be the result of other people doing bad things. And, and it sucks. It really does. And I'm not saying that everything that happens in your life is, is a plan of, from God to make you grow. I'm not saying that at all. And that's a, that's a tough question. Well, what is and what isn't? We're not, you know, but some stuff has been allowed by God because he loves you and he wants you to grow. He wants you to learn patience. It's like, God, I, 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 can you just help me to learn patience quickly? <laughs> it's like, he wants you to learn how to forgive. He wants you to learn to, to lose some of your selfishness. He wants you to learn humility. You know, he's, and he's wanting us to respond to our troubles well so that we grow up. It's a funny thing, humility, you'll enjoy this. Peter Fitch was, um, was here and he was talking with our staff and he was talking about, you know, one of the things that, um, that 
you know, he, he loves seeing in, in, in churches is, um, in church leadership is, is humility. And one of our staff very cheekily said, oh, yeah, we're awesome at that. We're, we're awesome at humility. Probably the best around. So. Uh, I, like, I know for me, I'm actually really grateful for some tough times that, that happen. You're never grateful in the middle of it, but as you get on the other side and you've learned some things, there was, when we first led a church, um, it was a number of years back now, and um, it was a church that was just a year old, and um, because of circumstances that happened, we were invited to take over that church uh, after a year. And there was some person in the church that really didn't like the fact that um, we'd been asked to take over the church because they thought they should have taken over the church. And over the next weeks and months, they, they left, and they started another church, and they asked all of the people in this new church to invite all of the people in our church to come and join the new church. And so we, and, uh, and you know, a new thing's always pretty exciting to be a part of. And so we spent probably 18 months, just week after week, taking phone calls of people that were calling up and saying, hey, we're leaving. And um, even to the point now, it's, 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 and you might think, oh, that's, you know, it's, it's not a big deal. Well, when you're pouring your whole heart and soul into something, you know, it, it was hard. It was just really hard. It was really, really hard. And uh, it feels like we've still got the scars from that. You know, but even sometimes we'll get people from, you know, from church here will call us up and say, hey, Matt, I'd love to get together with you, and my heart just sinks. My instant reaction is my heart sinks. It's just because I've just got these scars from this time. And, um, but you know what? There was something about that that knocked a few cocky edges off me, you know, which, which needed to happen. There was things about that time that um, brought me back to uh, more, more humility, more, more, more trust in God. Um, uh, and I look, at, I, I look at me now, and I, I like the me now better than the me before that stuff had happened, because there was just some things about me that just needed to get a good sort of knocking around and, and sorting out. So I'm learning more, you know, I'm, I'm learning more and more about God and, and, and how to trust God in times of trouble. What, wasn't that a wonderful song that we sang this morning? I just, I just grabbed the lyrics of it here. You know, it says, like, I will build my life upon your love. It is, a, it is a firm foundation. I will put my trust in you. O oh Lord, I will not be shaken. And what a, what a verse that we need to carry into times and seasons when things are hard, when there's trouble. And again, we can look to the model of Jesus. Like, I mean, he had good times, but he had hard times. And he had the hardest of times. Listen, listen to this. This is his hardest moment. This is when Jesus had been falsely accused, falsely convicted of crimes, and with the penalty of death, and not just an instant death, a, a slow and painful death. And he, is, he has been nailed to a cross, and he is dying. He is he, dying a death that is going to take time to happen. The pain, you know, I can't imagine... Mark fourteen thirty two says this. They went to a sorry. This is this is beforehand. Um, so I've got ahead of myself a little bit here. Let, let me just let me just talk about this point when Jesus is before he's on the cross, and he's with his disciples at this place called the Garden of Gethsemane. 
and he knew, but he knew what was coming. He knew what was coming. And it's hard. It's hard. He knows it's going to be, it's going to be painful and humiliating. It says in Mark 14, 32, they went to a place called Gethsemane, and Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Troubles, you know, just deep, deep heaviness of heart. And, you know, and I know that, um, you know, some people have found themselves in places like that. My, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow because of things that have happened, because of things that have, people have done to them, because of their health, because of their grief. And Jesus knows what's coming, and yet he responds with this. Just the next verse here, Mark fourteen thirty-six. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me. He, you know, he, he's saying, take it from me. I, I, but then he kind of thinks, no. Yet not what I will, but what you will. I trust you. I trust you. I trust that whatever's about to happen, God, I, I trust that my life is in your hands and whatever you allow to happen will, be, will work for good. The right thing will happen. It's incredible, really, isn't it? Yet not my will, but your will. And we need to learn from Jesus, learn to trust God. It's, it's like our prayer. Sweet God, I want you to take away this problem. It's hard. I'm struggling. It's hard. Yet, if you want me to go through this, then I'm ready to go through it. And this is something I discovered on very early in my journey of faith. And it's a prayer that I pray often. You may want to grab it for yourself. It's this prayer. God, Help me to learn the lesson quickly. And I know it sounds a little funny, but, but if there is hard things, and I know that hard things will come because God wants to grow me up. And so if there's hard things, I'm just saying, God, help me to see what you're trying to teach me. Because <laughs> like, who wants to be in a hard thing any longer than they have to, eh? You know? So it's like, God, help me to learn this lesson quickly. And if you learn lessons quickly, then the troubles don't last as long. And it's something else too. This one, you know, write this one down. Um, don't forget the lessons. Or he's going to have to teach them again. So you may want to write them, some things down. You may have to work out some way, but make sure you learn the things that, that God teaches you. As a, I just want to talk about um, a couple of people. Very soon after we started the, the church here at Coast Vineyard, um, we had uh, a wonderful couple uh, come and join us. And um, many of you, if you have been here a while, you will have met one of them. Um, but it's Brian and Louis Kennedy. And, uh, and Brian passed away last year. And um, Louis normally sits here. Is she okay? Is she? She's at Hamilton today. Okay. Um, so Louie's normally here, she's 89, she's going to turn 90 this year, so we're going to have a party, um, maybe not too loud, but uh, uh, we'll have a party for her, um, but you know, in the last year of Brian's life, he had a, um, 
He had a big growth that started growing on the side of his neck. Had a massive operation for that. There was something on his head that um, was some kind of thing that had to be cut off. And, um, and then they cut something off somewhere else to patch the bit that's on here. And uh, he'd wear a hat, which was quite good because it looked a bit scary, to be honest. You know, the, uh, he, was, he was battling. And, uh, and then the, there were some cancers that were kicking in and there was pain and it was just tough. And, um, you know, I know that many of you may know people that have, have gone through that. It's tough. But so all of this stuff, and I'd, 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 I'd come and see him every week. I'd come and see Brian, you know, how, how you doing? And he'd tell me, you know, he'd be real. He'd say, like, mate, you know, the, the, the thing on the head's not healing as quickly as I'd like. And, and uh, you know, he's had this big lump. He said, he still can't try to work out what this lump is here. And, and he's talking about the pain. But then he'd also be saying... He said, but, 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 boy, I'm so glad that I'm, I'm loved by God, you know. And in the midst of the tough, toughness of, of this, this time, and he was saying, I'm just, and God's been teaching me so much, and I just feel like I'm loving him more, and I'm just, I'm just growing. I mean, he's, you know, he was in his late 80s. He just feels like I'm just growing in my faith, and, and it's, just, it's just wonderful. And he just talked about just the, the, the joy of the glory that was ahead as he, as he met his Savior in the, you know, in the next life. And I'll tell you, that's maturity, eh? You know, like Brian wasn't perfect. You know, we had, you know, and, and I think we all know that, but, but he was journeying into maturity even in his, in, his, um, in his later years. So troubles are an opportunity to grow. Let me tell you about another opportunity that we have to grow. You're thinking like, oh, what's he going to say now? This. Temptation. Temptation is an opportunity for us to grow. Because when temptation comes, it's an opportunity to, to, to obey God, to do the thing that you know that he would call you to or not. It's an opportunity. And, and like we're all on this journey. And like some days are better than others when it comes to this thing. Look, let's, let's just be real here. None of us have got this all worked out in terms of like, Always doing the right thing, always getting it right. And some days are better than others. But there, you know, there's, always, there's always the temptation to do the wrong thing. Some days it might be little things. Some days it might be big things. But there's always this temptation to choose not to obey God. You know, Martin Luther, the, uh, the great Protestant reformer, had this phrase where he's, he talked about, when he's talking about temptation, he said, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head but you can stop them from nesting in your hair. And um, to be honest, we're all only one decision away from being a real idiot. Are we? And who we become is the sum of our choices. So, so when temptations come, it's an opportunity to grow, to resist it, to choose right and not wrong, to choose good and not bad. And let me just say this, if, you're, if there's anything that you're finding particularly difficult, that it's a struggle for you, and you can't seem to, you've been praying, you've been asking God for help, and you can't seem to, to get past it, um, can I just say, talk to someone about it. Talk to someone about it. If it's not working on your own, then maybe between you and your friend, that you can make some progress on this thing. Get a friend. Ecclesiastes 4, I wrote this down, two are better than one. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. You know, ask for help. There's no point like just feeling like you're just like mm, just not making progress. Get a friend.
there's a third opportunity that we have to grow. So we talked about trouble, we talked about temptation, but there's this opportunity like when, when people do bad things to us. When people do bad things to us. You know, there's a, um, there's a, a huge amount of talk at the moment about a new TV show that's come out on Netflix called 13 Reasons Why. Anyone heard about it? Yeah. It's, um, it's, a, it's about a high school girl who commits suicide. It's a, tough, it's a tough watch, but it's all these things that led to this happening. 13 bad things, 13 people, 13 reasons. That just got her to the place of not wanting to live anymore. I mean, like I say, it's pretty full on, but, it, but, but I'm looking at it and I'm thinking it's pretty real. You know, like, I mean, who, who went to high school? I mean, high school's tough, man. High school's, high school's tough. It's like trying to, trying to work out who you are, trying to, trying to be liked, trying to like, you know, trying to work out who you hang out with and who you don't and, you know, you kind of want to hang out with the cool people but they're usually real idiots and like in terms of some of the decisions that they're making and then it's just, it's just hard and some of the things that people say and some of the things that people do, um, my guess is that, you know, with this program 13 reasons why my guess is that probably most of us have have had something similar or at least one of those things happened happened to us and it's embarrassing and it's painful and it's just you know it just bruises our soul um and uh in this program like i say hannah had these 13 things happen and it was just too much people can be nasty people can be nasty sometimes on purpose and sometimes not Words can sting. Words, words can win. I mean, I heard this thing was, as a kid. Sticks and stones will break your bones, but words can never hurt you. I mean, what a load of... <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, words can never hurt you? Are you kidding me? Words have so much power. Power to, to, to speak life into people, but power to, to bruise and to hurt and to... Um, just changed the trajectory of, of, of people's lives. There's this, there's this uh, in psychology, there's this thing called the, uh, the, the naming theory, which, which talks about basically if you get called something often enough, you begin to believe that it's you and you become to become that exact person. So don't, you can't tell me words, words can never hurt me. You've got to be kidding. And again, looking at Jesus at this place when he's on the cross, looking at our model that we have, this is the place where he's in, in pain. This is the place where he's got this period and he knows it's going to be hours and his life is, going to, is slowly going to disappear. Matthew twenty-seven thirty-nine says, As people passing by shook their heads and hurled insults at Jesus and they made fun of him. Even the bandits who had been crucified with him insulted him in the same way. And, and how does Jesus respond to that? In pain. Humiliate, you know, in the in the place of being falsely accused and publicly insulted, he says, "This, Father, forgive these people because they don't know what they're doing." Well, that sounds pretty grown up, doesn't it? I mean, really, we're talking about growing up. It's like, oh, wouldn't wouldn't it, God help me to respond like that when people do things to me? 
to just, instead of like getting all offended because they've got their facts wrong or they're calling me some little name, instead just to be thinking like, I wonder what's happening with them, that they would feel the need to do that. It kind of sounds like the sort of way Jesus responds, doesn't it? Like, I wonder, what's, I wonder what pain they're going through. I wonder, they, they, they don't know what they're doing. Ignorance is another word for that. You know, they, they just don't know what they're doing. And you know, people can be ignorant. And we bear the brunt of it. This may be something you need, to, you need to really grab a hold of when it comes to this whole thing of growing up. Because if we want to be like Jesus, if we want to grow up, we won't until we learn to forgive. We won't until we learn to forgive. Forgiveness is one of the great measures of maturity. And it can be, sometimes it can be easy to forgive little things. But I'll tell you, when someone does something big, like rips you off, like of like a lot of money or public or talks to people about you things that aren't true so that those people then turn against you they believe them and they aren't true I tell you forgiveness is not easy forgiveness and sometimes sometimes it's almost impossible until a little bit of time has gone by. But, but if you're holding on to something that someone did to you, the only, the only, you've got to let it go. The only, the only person that's hurting is you. You've, you've got to. You've got to work this thing out. You've got to learn to forgive. Father, forgive, me, forgive them. They, they don't know what they're doing. And I'll tell you, the people that, that have hurt you... It, they may well not know what they were doing. You, you, you may have heard this phrase that hurt people hurt people. When people are hurt, they, they tend to just lash out. And sometimes you're in the way. And you get smacked. You just may just not know what they're doing. Father, forgive them. Forgive them. When someone betrays you, when someone hurts you, when someone slanders you, when they insult you, when they turn others against you, we've got to learn to forgive. And there's a couple of things that may help this because I, you know, I just want to touch on this you know, just for a couple more minutes is that because this is just so important. And this, if, if you're stuck there, there's a couple of things that may help you. And one is just very simply just remember that God has forgiven you. God has forgiven me. You know, we just we just remembered our soldiers that have died on behalf of fighting for freedom on, on Anzac, you know, on Anzac Day, and and to give your life for another is just incredible, and that's what Jesus did for us, so that we could know forgiveness ourselves. And so, thinking about our own forgiveness may help us. Ephesians four thirty two: Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Forgive others just as God forgave you because of Christ. And another thing that may help you with this whole thing of forgiveness is, is to remember that God's in control. Those of you that are Bible readers, you'll know the story of a guy from a long time ago, a guy called Joseph. 
was the youngest of, of a bunch of brothers. No, not the youngest. He was one of a number of brothers. And, um, mate, talk about a dysfunctional family. Like, he, he had this dream, and he, it sort of sounded like his brothers were meant to, like, serve him. And, and he told them, and they just go, like, you little snot, you know, you little turkey. We'll take care of you. And they just decided that they're going to kill him. I mean, like, if your brother did something like that to you, you might, like, smack him. But you, you know. I haven't got, I didn't have a brother, so I'm just, I don't know what brothers do. But, um, but no, they, they think, like, well, let's just kill him. Let's kill him. Let's, let's kill this guy. And then one of them says, like, oh, that's a bit harsh. And a bunch of people were going past. And so they sold him into slavery instead. And what do they do? They come back home and they say, hey, Dad, oh, where's Joseph? Oh, Dad, um, a bear killed him, dragged him away. I'm like, what, what sort of family is this? So this is Joseph, and then he gets taken off to slavery, and then later on he gets accused of, of rape, and it did, which was un, with false accusations. He gets thrown in prison. And, and then there comes a point where he helps... Uh, interpret a dream of the of the leader of the land of Egypt, uh, the Pharaoh, and and Pharaoh rewards him by giving him a job, and he rises up and becomes the second most important guy in the whole of Egypt. But the thing that you can learn from the story, because he in the midst, so he gets to this place where he's second in charge of all of Egypt, and and God gives him the wisdom to be able to help them with a famine that was coming up, a famine that would have just wiped out nations, and. Um, and he was able to help, help them. And the brothers came to him later on in the time of famine looking for some help with that. And he met them and they didn't know him. But uh, when they finally, he finally told them who he was, he says this in Genesis 50 verse 20, You meant to hurt me, but God turned your evil into good to save the lives of many people, which is being done. God turned your evil into good. What that is, what that is a reflection of is just a deep trust that God is in control through all of those things, talk about a tough journey, but just had this confidence that even though bad people, people did bad things to him, that God was somehow in control of this. And everywhere he went, he just served faithfully. He loved well. He honored God. Even in, you know, as, a, as a slave, uh, as, a, as a servant of Potiphar, who accused, you know, whose wife accused him of rape, in the prison, and then in the role that he, everywhere he went, he just honoured God and served faithfully, worked hard, and loved people. We must learn to forgive people. We must learn to forgive. Three opportunities to grow. And like I say, you'd probably be able to make your own list, and I'm sure that many of you would be able to come up here and be able to talk about all sorts of other things but these are just three I wanted to throw out there this morning but just just let it land in your heart that we're called to be people that grow that look back a year later and look back and go like I've taken a few more bites from the elephant this you know since 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 a year ago I feel like I've taken a few more steps forward in my journey of following Jesus Why don't, we, why, don't we, why don't we stand together as, as we finish? I just love you to, love you to stand. You know, and I think one of the reasons that God calls us to, to meet together regularly, the Bible's 
you know, calls. It's like, you, you know, keep meeting, meet together. One of the reasons I think it's, it's so helpful is that, I've been thinking about this week, it's kind of like we can hit the reset button. All sorts of stuff can happen through the week and we can get distracted, we can get busy, we can get focused on other things. But isn't it just so good to come, come together and just to go, no matter what's going on, I can spend some time, I can sing songs of praise and, and thankfulness and love to God. And I can get alongside people that, that, who love God like I love God. And I can just realign and get back to a place where I remember the things that are really important. That this life is not the, the end destination. That there, there is a hope of eternal glory. That we can remember again this freely offered forgiveness from God. Just reminded of what really, really matters. And I've talked about growing. And my, my guess is that there'll be some people here that may just be feeling a little bit lousy about when they think about growing. They might be feeling like they're going backwards instead of forwards. Or they might just be feeling like, oh, I just can't seem to make progress. And stuff seems to have got the better of you. Well, how about today? Let's just draw a line and say, okay, that's that. That's done. And let's step, let's step and turn and say, let's start, let's start again. Let's press the reset button. Let's just, don't worry about that stuff. Let's, let's start again. You might feel like, oh, I just, I just, it's just been a time where I just haven't seemed to be able to get, get going. What about today? Saying, okay, stop, draw a line, reset button, let's start again. And some of you, Maybe here this morning, and you may, um, you may have never chosen to say, "I want, I want to step into a life with God." I want to, ch- I want to. You've never said, "I want to follow Jesus." I want to get my life aligned with you, God. I want to know this forgiveness. I want to know this power that comes from the Holy Spirit to be able to live the way that I want to live. So could we just maybe all just close our eyes? And if there's anyone here that just says like, today I want to say yes to following Jesus, why don't you just give me a quick wave? Why don't you just give me a quick wave? If there's anyone here that would like to do that this morning. Start again. Start again. Start afresh today. Okay. If you're thinking about it and you're not sure, I'll tell you it's the best decision you'll ever make. Guaranteed. Hands down. Okay. For, for the rest of us here, just while we're standing, you know, there may be some people here that feel like, yes, today is a day I want to press this reset button. I want to draw a line. I want to, I want to, I want to cut that. I want, to, I want to say no more, just bumbling along, going backwards. I want to draw a line and say, no, I'm going to start going forwards again. And I'm going to ask you if, you, if that's you, to raise your hand. But just so you know what, because sometimes you think, like, what happens if I raise my hand? What I would love to do if you raise your hand is to ask some people that are just around you to, to pray with you, okay? So, if, so just so you know, that's the, that's the plan, okay? There won't be anything else, but that's what we'd love to do. 
Okay. And, and it's like an awesome thing to get people to pray with you, to add their prayers to your prayers. It's an awesome thing. So is there anyone here that wants to say, you know, today I want to press the reset button and just like, let's, let's just get going again. Is there, anyone, is there anyone here? Just raise your hand. Just give us a wave. Okay. One over there. Okay. Anyone else? Just, it's just, just um, you might be thinking about it. I'll just give you, give you a little bit longer. Is there anyone here else here? Anyone? Okay. All right. So just you guys just want to. So just on this on this oversight here. So and down the back there as well. So if if people gather around Mike here, some people gather around. have the band come up and they can just uh, lead us in a song as we close uh, but I'd love to just pray for you as we're, as we're standing so God I, I just thank you that not only that you, you've created us and, and you love us but you call us into good things and I just pray that God what you need us to hear from this morning you'd plant in our hearts and we'd better take that and, and keep taking bites of that elephant as we choose to grow to become like Jesus. That you would, you would help us, you would empower us by your spirit. You would remind us to obey in, when we're faced with temptations. You'd remind us to, to trust you in times of troubles. You'd remind us to forgive when people do things to us that hurt. But you'd also draw us, God, to, towards you. You'd, you'd draw us into, into talking with you more, to inviting you more into, into our, our day-to-day. Stir our hearts to, to read your word more. Stir our hearts to, to choose to, to, to connect regularly with others that are going to spur us on towards love and good deeds. God, we thank you when we look back. We thank you that you have brought us this far by your grace. We thank you for what you've done in our lives. And we thank you for what's ahead too. And we know it's good because you're a good God. Amen. Amen. All right, let's just finish with the song.